our devices are listening to us. Previous generations of audio technology transmitted, recorded or manipulated sound. Today are digital voice assistants, smart speakers and a growing range of related technologies are increasingly able to analyze and respond to it as well. Scientists and engineers increasingly refer to this as machine listening, though the first widespread use of the term was in computer music. Machine listening is much more than just a new scientific discipline or vein of technical innovation however. It is also an emergent field of knowledge power, of data extraction and colonialism, of capital accumulation, automation and control. It demands critical and artistic attention. Vladin Jola takes artist Sean Dockray, legal scholar James Parker, and curator Joel Stern through Anatomy of an AI System, his 2018 work with Kate Crawford, which diagrams the Amazon Echo as an anatomical map of human labor, data and planetary resources. They talk about the politics of visibility and method as well as Vladin's work with ShareLab where indie data punk meets media theory pop to investigate digital rights blues. I, th- I think it might be it might be worth just, you know, beginning at the beginning, Vlad, and, and uh, asking you to introduce yourself again and say a little bit about your, you know, your background and your work. It's okay, my name is Vlad, I'm uh, currently based in Serbia. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think this kind of exploration of uh, of like let's say invisible infrastructure started with me like maybe I don't know deeply like five six years ago. So we were running one organization called Share Foundation and organizing some events for uh, internet activities. Stuff, but in one moment we realize that you know you, you cannot solve a lot of problems just with like big meetings of, of, of interesting people because we understood that in moments when something was like happening here in the region we didn't have capacity to 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 react in, in, in a way like but more like expert capacity in the sense of like you know legal analysis uh, technical analysis and those kind of stuff. So we started to do to organize one like expert group of people, and uh, basically bunch of lawyers, bunch of you know tech experts, cyber forensics, and so on. And this is basically. And in one moment, uh, I started to 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 do some kind of like really like personal investigation of like because I always wanted to was always impressed with this kind of internet maps back in like early 2000 and stuff like this. And uh, so I realized that I'm now able to, to finally to draw those kind of like maps of uh, network maps, internet maps and stuff like this. And then, you know, with the first map, you know, when, when, when you are able to see something, how it looks like, then you are more questions are coming, you know, like what, what are those points of centralization? What are those like? Things that are, that I'm seeing in the map, and this is when I, I basically started to to shape my research in, in in some kind of collaborative way with like cyber forensics, with like lots of different 
of people in order to understand you know what's going on behind the screen you know? so first started with like some kind of simple maps of, of internet service providers and, and how basically data is flowing what's going on what is basically that so the first first question that we asked was like what is the life of one internet packet and then we started to follow this internet packet and, and then stories were coming more and more after that and then you know like step by step we were some kind of we were like discovering different layers of, of untransparency being able to go deeper and deeper and deeper behind those infrastructures and, and then after that the the more and more complex maps i was able to create more and more complex maps of those like invisible infrastructure so the first big one was uh, one about facebook algorithms it was called the uh, facebook algorithmic factory and yeah that, that that was the the you know beginning of those like big black maps that i was like then making like for next few years years but like different forms of maps different kinds of like questions that i was asking yeah so that's the kind of brief intro into what i was doing for for last several years um thanks so much I mean, it, when, you, when you say several years i mean how how long have you been doing this kind of work is it you know is it a decade now or well i think that the the, the the share lab i don't remember now but maybe like uh Okay, the, the, the share conference and those kind of big gatherings, they were like in 2011, let's say. And, but those more kind of like uh, uh, visualization and visualizing invisible infrastructures, I think it started like around like 2014 or something like this. And would I be right in saying that anatomy of an AI system is the kind of high, highest profile of those visualizations? It, it somehow became the, the most visible one. And, and it's a bit different than the, the ones we were like doing before. So in the beginning, we were more like uh, interested in, so it's a process of, you know, it's a process of learning what was happening. And, and uh, so first we were like being satisfied in, in, in a sense, just to getting a picture, you know, seeing a map, seeing the infrastructure. Then, you know, more and more we were like going deeper, more and more the, the, those maps became like more and more abstract in a sense. And the questions we were asking were different. And in that, that sense, anatomy and AI, it's kind of like different than other ones because it's not so much about the infrastructure. It's also not so much about like data visualization. It's more like a cognitive map of, of one really, really complex system. And somehow that map probably resonate better with the with the general audience. And what was like really interesting is that uh, you know like that the, there were like so many different audiences that were like accepting this map as the, something interesting. Because in the beginning, like those first maps I was making was mostly like uh, communicated within the uh, tech community and also like uh, legal and advocacy communities related to this kind of open decentralized internet but also like privacy and those issues and somehow with the with the anatomy of an ai it went into completely you know some kind of different direction so 
So first people started to realize or like accept this as some kind of art object and also as a design object, but also as some kind of like a tool for, um, you know, like uh, universities and teachers to explain something. So it went into a lot of different directions. So probably this is why it, it became a bit more known than, than the other ones and went out of these kind of circles of, of like, internet activists and, and lawyers and, and advocates and i'm kind of lucky that, that we managed to to break those other bubbles and, and be present on different places i was just gonna uh, ask um vlad and what and this is you know again i feel a bit silly because these are sort of some things we talked about last week but i think it's mm. it's it's good to cover that ground in the in, in the hope of sort of progressing a bit too but to, just to say something about why you chose the Amazon Echo as the as the object of study, and 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 what it is about that particular device that that um, made you feel like um, such such a complex map w- would be possible, um, but but more than that, um, you know, sort of productive and and generative. Well, it was some kind of you know there was like a lot of different uh, uh, aspects that came together in, in, to like why we chose Amazon Echo. First of all, we were like uh, uh, involved in some research project with uh, Mozilla Foundation about like uh, those kind of voice interfaces. And, and, and in a way, like for me, you know, like that was like kind of topic that we were like researching and, and, and those, Amazon Echo at that time was one of the most known and one of the most exposed commercial objects of that type. And then I met uh, the same like uh, working process. I met uh, Kate and, and, and then we, we kind of started like together to, to explore this idea of, of visualizing what's going on behind uh, that specific object. For me, in general, it was maybe not so important. Is it like uh, uh, Amazon Echo or any other device? But, but somehow like, uh, because it belongs to because at the end, like those complexities are, are similar to many different tech objects. So in, in a sense, like if we think about anatomy of an AI, the map will not be much more different if we speak about like, uh, I don't know, iPhone or any other, or Siri, for example, or, or something like this. But in a sense, I think it, it was good to choose a, a, a Amazon product because Amazon it's like one gigantous company and apparatus that that, that that you know like if going through those kind of jungles of Amazon company there is a lot of interesting things to 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 uh, discover you know like starting from this kind of like distribution centers and way how they treat their workers and and those kind of automatization of labor that, that's going on there and so it is a really, really, and, and in a sense, like, you know, the wealthiest man is uh, owning this, in the world is owning this company. So, like, it's a good example to, to explore this complexity of, of contemporary capitalism, contemporary, you know, production chains and, and, and so on. Yeah, I think we, 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 it was a good choice to, to, to choose Amazon Echo compared to some other, other device. Can you talk a little bit about how you went about doing the research or like what 
information went into uh, the so material like the, to make the map? Yeah, yeah. So the the the, the middle part of it, I can, I can open the map and uh, maybe that too. I was more just thinking, you know, where you look, like what uh, databases, what um, what sources. So there, there, there are many, many. You know, for me, uh, uh, to those segments of the map it can be in a way it's a, it's a story for itself. So there is no one coherent way of trying to deal with all of those things. Because, like, like for example, if we start with a with a and and this is in a way the similar to how we how I progressed in my research during the time. You know, it always starts with with you or with me. <laughs> And and then we are trying to go deeper and deeper to those like uh, different layers of, of untransparencies. You know? So I spent like let's say first five years in in doing this, you know, like doing this middle part of the map. And then when I started to draw the the the, the anatomy of an AI, I knew all of that in a sense. So that was not the problem. The the middle part of the map was never. In that moment, it was not a problem for me. So, so for example, just to explain your different kinds of like uh, methodologies, you know, this one, you first you try to open device, you know, to see what's going on inside, and then you realize, okay, there is not much to see, you know. Then after that, you are trying to understand how these devices con connected to a network and what kind of like uh, packets have. Uh, type of data is going out from device and entering into device, then you're trying to follow those packets and, and to understand how those packets and where they're flying to where, and going to and where, where, what is the end destination for them. So this is like, for example, then you are researching the locations of those like data centers, trying to understand how this like uh, invisible infrastructure of Amazon data centers is working, to which data center you belong and your data belong and so on and so on. And for each of those steps, you are using different tools, different types of like different methodologies. So for example, for, I don't know, you can like first try to find the blueprints of device and then you are entering into some kind of shady internet websites in which people are like sharing the blueprints of, of different objects, you know. And so, and then you realize, okay, this is the first layer of untransparency because like most of those companies doesn't want you to, to, to be able to have a blueprint of their hardware in a sense of not just that this is some kind of like, you know, business like a secret or something like this. It's, it's, they don't want you to be able to repair device as well. You know, in most of the cases, for example, in case of Apple and stuff like this. So, and then I'm spending a lot of time to try to find the blueprint, for example, to be able to, to make some kind of drawing of, of that. Then next step, it's like, for example, like trace routing. For trace routing, you're using different software and stuff like this. And, this. and then you're trying to understand like uh, structure of the packets and what kind of data is going in, going out and so on and so on. So those are in, in the middle of middle of this map, it's mostly like a tech research, let's say. So we are using different technical tools to to explore. But then in, in the in the moment we this map expanded on both on left and right side. And this is like 
basically with the, uh, one friend of mine, an artist, uh, Joanna Moll, she really, you know, uh, uh, infected me with this idea of like materiality of, of uh, it's like uh, internet infrastructure. And then she gave me the book from, from uh, UC Parika about geology of media. And then I was completely impressed by this idea of, of being able to look into all of those infrastructures, but in some kind of deep time, from deep time view. And this is when we basically expanded this map into some kind of like, uh, started with like, you know, geological process and different elements and different. And then when, when, I, when I started to draw that, so it's a different, and research that it's a different methodology, completely different methodology than, than doing a, a middle part of the map. So in, in this case, it's mostly like, you know, trying to, to read some research from other people, trying to collect enough information about like different kinds of suppliers, different kinds of like, so it's mostly, let's say, investigative journalism on one side, but also some kind of like, uh, because I had the chance to, you know, more or less piggyback on, on this research from, from Mozilla in a sense of like, I was going around the world and, and doing some research about, about IoT, but then I was running around, running away because we were going to, to you know, India, I went to China, I went to like all of those places where, where basically materiality of this kind of production is happening. So I was running away and trying to do my own uh, investigation in the sense of like uh, trying to visit mining sites, illegal mining operation, or trying to enter into Foxconn in China, or trying to, you know, trying to see all of those uh, places. And for me, that was like the, the really, really important part. You know, like even you, most of those things you cannot see on this map or either, either you, you are not able to read in the text that we at the end publish. In a, in a sense, that kind of experience of going there, being there, trying to enter into some building or some complex, or, it was really important for me to be able to feel the thing, uh, how it's really going on. But in a sense, you know, like most of the left part of the map is mostly like, uh, let's say, investigative journalism and, and maybe some kind of traditional academic work in like, trying to collect you know, as much information as possible. Can I ask, Ladin, um, did you get into Foxconn or any of these places? And, and what was it like? What did you learn specifically? You know, you said it was very important. What was the, what, what was it that was important? We, we, I didn't manage to enter into Foxconn. I was in front um, of the building and then looking how those like workers and going in, going out and stuff like this. I didn't have enough time and, and enough connections or whatever <laughs> to get inside the Fox School. But we managed to go into one of the biggest uh, Amazon warehouses where those robots are going around and picking stuff and uh, distributing those things. I managed to went to a few uh, mining sites and I managed to, to go to one really amazing place where, where for example, all of those ships are, are dying. Uh, so it's some kind of graveyard of, of, of ships in, in India. 
but not in not into Foxconn at the end. Uh, that's 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 pity. But um, yeah, maybe next time. <laughs> Who knows? But it was like um, because, for example, in case of, of Amazon warehouse, I think it's important to understand. Uh, it's different when you are looking at this from some pictures or looking at this place from like by reading some patterns. It's different when you're when you're there, uh, you know, physically. Because, for example, in the, I was never imagining, for example, this kind of Amazon warehouse to be so noisy. So the the level of noise, it's like, like amazing, you know, like and all of those people who are there, you know, it's it's like really it really feels you are in some kind of uh, you know inside the body of some machine. And I mentioned here, I forgot to. Telling like the last question, the the, the question before, uh, one of my favorite methods of investigation. It's also like digging through different patterns, and this is in a way how we did like a big part of the Facebook map, but also uh, you know patent research was also like really present in in, in doing this one. What was like really also like really important for me in a sense is like okay you you gather enough data you know how to uh, parts of this puzzle but in a way but like but like really important it's how at the end you are shaping all of this into something that, that is visual and in a sense like this is like for me what was like really helpful is to basically try to think about this map through those. Uh, Triangles that were that are really present, and and they are basically the the main uh, let's say visual tool for 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 this map, and this is something that that I, I kind of took as a, as a from one book also from from Christian Fuchs about uh, uh, digital Marxism, and in a sense. Those triangles helped me to to build this story. So so basically, like uh, uh, the main idea behind those triangles is basically this. So you always have some kind of means of production, so resources and tools, and you have a labor, and with two of them you are getting a product of the labor. And in a way, this is how I shape the map in a sense of like some kind of like continuation of those triangles. For example, you're starting with a, a you know, some kind of uh, elements and then you, you, are, you are mining those like uh, metals and you're getting ore, then you're transporting, then this ore becomes some kind of resource and you're again using some labor, in a sense of smelting and you're getting metal. And basically you're following this map this map you are following some story that is told through those triangles that was kind of one of the main core you know like visual elements and not just visual but like conceptual and logical elements of this map and what happens to those triangles when when we sort of move into the central spine of the map they start to become you know, sort of much more complex in a way. And, and there's um, one diagram that my, my eye is always drawn to, which I think is the um, 
Amazon voice services diagram sort of down towards the bottom there, which is that sort of amazing image of hundreds of intersecting points on a, on a, on a sort of node, the, the AVS image. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering if you could sort of um, say something about what that image is um, sort of representing to you and, and, and sort of ha- how you kind of produced it from so, the material. So, yeah, so basically this is the moment in, in the structure when we are getting into the, the AI and, and this kind of like machine learning uh, uh, level of the story. So basically this this picture is some kind of like, let's say the, the, the traditional way how to represent uh, machine learning system. And, and so each of those is some kind of neural notes and some kind of, uh, uh, you know, this is like the story about the, the inner part of the, 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 the this algorithmic part of the, of the system. And, and here in a sense, yes, the, the kind of structure is different in the middle map part of the map than in the left and right part, because left and right are mostly represented through those uh, triangles. Here we are seeing some kind of different way of, of storytelling and in a sense the, the I, I don't know the, the most complex part of this the map was, was those two drawings on the bottom and i really spent uh, weeks or months in, in like trying to deal with that because i i um, you know from from here we, we are seeing some kind of you know on the left side of the map we are seeing some kind of process of, of exploitation of nature and exploitation of, of, of human labor. But here from the bottom, we are seeing some process of exploitation of, of, of data or let's say quantification of nature. And then I had this kind of idea of how to, you know, let's try to classify what kind of like data is being quantified. And that was like uh, suicidal in a sense of like, first I, I choose to, to separate two different fields like quantification of human body actions and behavior and then quantification of human made products. Because the idea was like, you know, everything that can be quantified will be quantified. Because like this kind of new, this is this kind of new religion of, of like data, big data, data quantification and everything that, that data is being understood as a, as a territory. But in, in the sense of like our body and what we do and nature becomes this territory that need to be invaded. And in a sense here, I, I try to classify all of those different, different types of, of like, uh, so if we have like, for example, quantification of our individual bodies or social body, then we have quantification of human body, biometrics, medical, forensic, psychological, behavioral, profilings, Data paratos, lots of different things. Because like when, when you draw this map, this kind of maps, you you everything it's about classification. And this is what is like really hard. Because like when you have you know like uh, three lines coming from something, you know, this is a statement. This is like your own classification system, you know. 
So in, in a way, when you have like this human being and there you have like kind of four lines, this is how you define something. This is the, your claim. That you're saying like there is four types of la 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 la. And in that sense, like it's really hard to struggle all, all the time with this kind of like, you know, like every line it's a, some kind of statement of something. And then I spend a lot of time in, in like trying to you know, understand how different people in, in, in present or in past classified something, you know, in order, in order to be more and more precise in, in how I'm drawing something, how many lines are coming from each of those points. I absolutely love those, um, those spirals at the bottom of the diagram as well. They're really, really provocative. I mean, apart from just being beautiful <laughs> on the, on, on the, uh, to the eye as well, and they sort of invite you know, you to get in and sort of turn your head um, slightly and sort of read, you know, to read them. They sort of invite oh. a slightly different relationship with the diagram. But they're also, you know, they're, they're the bit where the data extraction happens. And as, as you're saying, that's, you know, that's crucial. And that, um, I was just wondering if you could say a little bit more about how we should think about data in relation to extractivism or, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, uh, you know, um, Data, is, data production is a form of labor. We need to valorize data production and we can produce a kind of a relationship with the capitalists and so on where we, we get paid for our data production. And then some people say, no, 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 no. Um, data extraction, you know, is really like a form of colonialism and we can understand this kind of expropriation as part of a continuous history of... Um, capital's relationship to you know, you know colonization and and then there's you know other people saying well no that the, the problem with data is bias or computational empiricism because it imagines there to be a kind of a, you know a truth to nature that only the algorithm you know can reveal um through the process of data extraction and so on and so on and i was just wondering you know could you could you sort of Say a little bit more about how precisely you understand the, you know, the what it is that's going on with this extraction of data. I mean, either in relation to this diagram specifically or more generally, how does data become a political problem for you? Yeah, I think I think that's the the, the key question and the key key problem. Okay, one the another one is exploitation of labor and resources, but data is like. This question about this kind of new types of extractivism that exist are like really important. And basically, I'm working on some. Let me try to. Okay, this will reveal my. I have a whole map <laughs> of this. I still didn't publish, but. but uh, just a second. But th this one is a bit crazy. Yeah? <laughs> so I, I try to. to to make a, a, a new map that's called uh, New Extractivism. And, uh, and, and I try to, to basically, this one is a bit different than the other ones, because this one is kind of a allegory, some kind of like mosaic or an assemblage of allegories. So what I try to do here is I try to mix all of different like lots of different ideas that I really like on this topic of, of new extractivism and, and exploitation of data into one big crazy map. And I can show you the, the some other form. 
this basically it's it's a, it's a starting with this idea of, of, of also from one French artist named Drew and she like speaks about this gravity of, of different platforms how like for example Google and Facebook they're like uh, you know like in the similar way of like uh, you know this kind of Einstein theory of, of relativity like how they're like basically bending the, the the space and time and in a sense i i'm here starting with this allegory and then like you have like this little guy so it's some kind of big crazy diagram of it's called the new extractivism and it's 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 basically some kind of mix of different uh, 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 allegories and mix, mix of different concepts that are combined into 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 uh, one story and in a sense, it's starting with this kind of idea of, uh, so it's starting with uh, uh, this idea of gravity, how different, like, uh, uh, how basically those companies are, are bending the space and time. So we have like one little guy who is trying to ex uh, escape from this like uh, black hole that, imagine a black hole that, for example, in one moment you cross this like point of no return and you are, becoming this kind of like person who is like you know addicted to those like services or person who is not able to to, to go out from there anymore and uh, then from here this person is falling into some kind of another structure some kind of combination between you know like uh, allegory of the cave from uh, uh, Plato and and of course panopticon so this person is falling into the cave, then I'm trying to understand what is the like the architecture of this cave, and then so on and on and following like this, basically this structure going deeper and deeper into this kind of like uh, uh, really abstract ideas and every really abstract com uh, uh, you know like concepts that basically define our how we live today. So for example. Here, for example, you have this idea of, of like you ask about data and how. So, you know, data it's a new territory, it's a new goal. In a sense, like territory, it's our body. And now you have like a different uh, uh, companies, different uh, you know, corporations that are trying to, you know, conquer this. And in a sense, it's like this kind of wild, wild west in, in which you have like this kind of wagons and they are racing to stick their flags into some kind of data fields. But in a way, most of those data fields are, are, are related to our bodies. So it's some kind of contest to conquer deeper and deeper and deeper into our body. And in a sense, what is like really interesting in, in, in context of like, you know, development of this idea, it's like before you had like a more or less limited kind of like uh, territories of Earth, let's say like how many, Cold you can dig, how many, you know, like different metals, how many oil you are able to extract. But in a sense, like in order to progress, this kind of like a, a, a 21st century capitalism needed to, you know, to find new territories to, to conquer. And in a sense, like the, the, those like virtual worlds or, or like internet or, or data, it's this kind of new territory that is able to be, to go like, you know, have this kind of affinity to infinity. 
So there is like so many different worlds that can be almost uh, 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 infinite, uh, you know, like some number of worlds that can be uh, conquered. Uh, but in a sense, it's, it's, it's important to understand that those, you know, worlds are basically our bodies and our social relation and, and everything about us. And in a way, then, in the, in, uh, after you, in a moment, they're able to conquer, then there is a second step in the process. It's basically how the process of enclosure. So they are trying to, to, to privatize and to, to build the fence around those territories. And once they build the fence, they're able to, to you know, gain the profit and to you know, rule the, the, our lives based on, on, on this position. So the, 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 the issue of this kind of new extractivism, it's like really, really, I think really important, really deep. And in a sense, I also, in some sense, follow this idea of like, you know, like continuation of this kind of old colonial practices. But it has like a lot of deep, the dimensions. So it's not just about like data as a new you know, field. It's combination as it's, if we combine this idea with the, with the things that we were like explaining in anatomy of an AI, then you see that all the time you have this kind of mix of different you know, forms of exploitation. So exploitation of data, exploitation of, of human labor and exploitation of nature. And I, and I think it's like really important to, to speak about that in that context of like not, you know, to have like, you know, to have a whole picture, we need to, to see the problem more broader in the sense of like covering also like social relation in labor and stuff like that. So that's the, 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 but this one, it's maybe too crazy for like, maybe we can speak once like, like uh, in separate topic just <laughs> about this one. I, I love this one, Vlad. And I mean, this is amazing to me. I mean, it sort of goes yeah. so far beyond the kind of material infrastructure that you were yeah, 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 yeah. mapping before. Is this still a sort of work in progress, or, or is this something it, that you kind of? It should be done of... like in 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 few weeks. I, I, it's already done. I, I need to proofread. Need to like I was like uh, speaking with like uh, friends and colleagues. They were looking comments and stuff like this. So it's it, it's it's almost done. I was wondering. I don't know if it's too early to ask this question, um, but it's sort of clear that so much of your work is about a kind of. Mm, I want to say, you know, a diagnostics or a, you know, representation, right? And sort of, there's a sort of, there's a politics to that representation, obviously, you know, we see the world differently. I, I, I see the world differently, having seen Anatomy of an Air. I can't, I can't get it out of my head. You know, it, it's, it's a frame through which I now encounter, you know, not just a, Amazon's you know alexa or echo or whatever but also you know now the halo which you know just got launched last week and wants to um listen to our emotions apparently you know and, and everything so it, it becomes a frame so there's something obviously strongly political about that you know and th this kind of map that's working at the level of you know a little bit more speculatively or something too but i wonder 
do you also put on a, a slightly more expressly normative hat um, ever? Do you ever think, you know, the sort of the what is to be done question? Because there's a sense in which like the, the maps are sort of so they, they point to, you know, the whole world and the, you know, the, the, there's something overwhelming about them as well. So there's, you know, one might, one might encounter anatomy of an AI system and, and feel kind of politically disabled, you know, having had one's eyes opened or what have you. I'm just wondering, do you ever sort of, do you ever step into that sort of slightly more kind of advocacy space? Do you have, do you have a sort of a sensibility about how to confront the, the challenge of, whatever you might call it, so, you know, probably not surveillance capitalism, I don't know what you'd want, want to call it, but, the, you know, the beast, the behemoth that um, you're, you're representing in your diagram. Well, I, I think, like, uh, you know, like, I, I don't feel, I, I think my mental capacity, in a sense of, like, it's kind of limited in, into, like, uh, trying to, to understand reality. So I, I don't feel confident in like proposing. I mean, I mean that's quite a big that's quite a big job on its own. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's I know. not that limited. It, you know, because if, for example, I'm not. You know, I, I for example, I'm not so sure should my kid go to school tomorrow or not. And in that sense, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> of like proposing how to solve the world problem. I'm not able to deal with the you know, everyday questions. <laughs> so what, but I, what I may be good at is to, I'm just trying to understand how uh, reality works, you know, from my point of view. And then maybe there will be someone else who, who will, based on that, came to, you know, idea, okay, maybe we can do it differently now. But uh, uh, I always like to quote, because like a lot of some people are all you know asking this question to me, but I'm always. I, I, like, I know I hate that question when people ask it to me. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, but I'm quoting this uh, uh, you know guy from Blade Runner. My job is to to you know like find what's wrong, you know, and to deal with it, not to propose how the things should be done. So I kind of for me it's enough this. Yeah. <laughs> Was that was that the Blade Runner or a, or the replicant who said that I can't remember? I think it's a Blade Runner, the okay. Harrison Ford. No, it's the, the the thing is the problem. It's like so complex and so uh, diverse that in in you know you know like for example there is like this kind of EU thingy about like you know ethical AI and stuff like this. And then the question is like in which segment do you think this? You know, AI can be ethical. Are we speaking on the level of a data set or we are speaking about a level of, of like, you know, like workers in Congo? So, and in order to solve the problem deeper, then, you know, you need to deal with much bigger problems like, you know, like issue of capitalism, issue of like, you know, like inequalities, issue of exploitation, colonialism, you know, like, so... I don't think there is like a simple solution. What we can maybe try to do is to try to improve parts of the map. There is no, I, I don't believe there is like, you know, like one solution that can solve all of this. Can I ask, um, 
similarly speculatively uh if you have an intuition about how the pandemic is affecting the like if you were to redraw anatomy of an ai you know in 2020 do you think Mm. that the story would look different or do you think do you have have you been sort of following um big tech's sort of positioning in in relation to the pandemic i I didn't follow a lot but but what is obviously the the most uh, uh, delicate part of the the map is basically the supply chains because we managed to we are dependent on like planetary scale systems of production so how the bananas are coming how our clothes are coming to our shops our door how tech is being made so in the sense of i remember it like uh, so in ex-Yugoslavia during the 80s, because we were like in between two blocks, the Western block and, and East, we, uh, uh, we were pushed to, to develop our own uh, uh, tech infrastructure and factories. So we were able to produce, you know, like our own capacitors and our own computers at that time. Of course, it, it, it was not even near to, to you know, like the computer, sorry, something like that. So in a sense, this is like, but it took like decades to, to be able to do that. And I'm not so sure that we, you know, like, uh, uh, because what is really obvious, it's like the, the, those like complex supply chains are now collapsing because of this, like, because you, you, you know, it's not so easy to, to ship them. Deal with those like production on different places in the, the globe. This is something that is going to mm, to collapse. And for example, just one friend of mine just tried to go buy like Nintendo Switch, and there is no because there is no like supply of Nintendo Switch here coming anymore. Yeah. So like this is something that you know, if, if this continue to 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 be present, we we will then. It will be like some kind of like a moment in which we will we will realize how fragile and how complex our you know supply chains and production chains are, and this is going to to you know to, to be a problem. But it, there is no easy solution for 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 this. It's not like we can grow our own uh, uh, you know computers in the backyard like we can grow tomato. That will be interesting. And in a sense, like, you know, like the complexity of the technology, we get used to it. Relies on like a lot of different materials that, that are coming from a lot of different parts of the globe. So in a sense, you know, probably if, if this continue, we will, I'm not so sure that we will be able to produce this kind of so, sophisticated technology anymore. In a sense of like, because like you, you know, not each country or each part of the world have all the materials that are needed for, for some kind of like, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. But in a sense, like, you know, like we should not believe when, when you know, Trump says like, you know, like this kind of technology made in USA, it's like, it's almost like even the, the, they are big and have like a lot of different resources. They, they're probably not in this moment able to, you know, like complete the, uh, you know, like this full supply chain within one country. 
And, uh, and then on the other side, you kind of like we, you know, like those like, uh, what is also interesting field is how all of those like data collection and surveillance tech is going to be now used to, you know, for those tracking of like sick people and so on. So. Yeah, so Sean's question gets to a, something that I was wondering right at the beginning about the choice of Amazon Echo. You know, there's mm. something about there's something about a voice interface that seems particularly, you know, opaque. Well, not opaque, um, immaterial, um, invisible. Um, it it wants to disappear itself in even more profounder way than the computer with the computers that we're talking through now. So, so I suppose um, I'm, I'm I don't want to overrun Sean's question with my own, but yeah, the, just this idea of the voice, the specificity of the the voice in some way, as in relation to visual analysis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, what's really interesting is this kind of like deconstruction of the interface and you know, basic invisibility of the interface. Because before we were able to, you know, see the interface, the the, the you know, like understand the elements of the interface, and then in that sense the you know, interface becomes uh, some kind of like your, how do you say, like uh, uh, office within, you know, like and defi defines what you can do or what you cannot do, defines the length of your, you know, how many characters you can say or like write or whatever. And in a sense, like in that sense, the, the visual interfaces are, uh, let's say, more transparent to some ex you know, extent, in the sense of like, maybe they are more transparent, but in a way what's going on behind them, there's kind of like uh, invisible infrastructure and rules and everything behind them are again, not so transparent. With the voice, we have a similar, even more maybe complex situation because we are not able to see, either we are not able to hear the, uh, the borders of the interface. Uh, we, we, it's not written, it's never written like, you know, like, this is the list of the words that this system can understand. For example, in case of Amazon Alexa, like those are 200,000 words that this device can understand. So in a way you are, you, you don't know the borders of the, 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 the system, but in a, in a way those borders exist. And then in, in that sense, those borders are, are one, that are defining what is possible and what is not possible, and what is possible for for different people. So, for example, for for male voice, for female voice, for like different accents, so on, so on. So, in a sense, the, the probably it's much harder to deal with those kind of like invisible, completely invisible borders and completely invisible interfaces. But I believe there are ways to to investigate that as well. But still, I think it carries the similar function of like the normal, like visual interface in the sense of like this kind of like uh, regulative. Maybe it's even more regulative than the visual. No, no. You know, the, the, the anatomy of an AI didn't went into that direction of trying to understand the, the border. 
trying to understand the shape of the, the interface, you know, like it went into some other direction. We had like one project that, that I never managed to finish, but I'm thinking about it a lot. It was about the border. It was about like investigating the where is the border, for example, of, of uh, limitation of, for example, like uh, in that case, it was about Google. And the question was, is there any world that exists that is behind the border? So is there any, any world that is not captured by this machine? You know? And then trying to understand what will be behind the border. And then when trying to understand that, we were like doing like different kinds of you know tests. And, and then, for example, you find out that there are some kind of limitation. For example, uh, I don't know, it cannot be a word that is longer than 125 characters, for example. So in a sense, like the, the Google crawler cannot pick something that is bigger than 125 characters. In that sense, you know, like all of those words that are bigger than 125 characters are living in some kind of free world without Google because they are too big to be captured. Because all of those smaller words are basically transformed into profit, into commodity, are, are captured, you know, like. But the big words, well, in a way, there is no, I think there is no bigger words than 50 characters, doesn't matter. But then, like, going through, through there, I realized, okay, what if we write without uh, comma, space, and dot, and write all the, the, you know, like, things together without separation between words, then, and, and I tried, and in a sense, like, for example, there is no, if you type, like, some kind of longer sentence without spaces, Google will not be able to, to recognize this. So it's really important to understand, you know, where the border is, because in the moment we, we understand what is the border of the capture and border of interface, a similar thing. Then we are able to play with it. We are able to explore what's going on behind and to explore maybe how to protect the species that lives behind the border, you know, in some kind of free zones and stuff like this. So this is what I'm really you know, interested in. And this is why it's really important to try to understand, to you know, like understand what are the borders of the, the, the limitations and, uh, and errors of, of those systems, including the, the, the voice interface. Yeah, I, I think um, that that's an, that's an amazing sort of thought to to sort of um, to conclude with because that's something we've we've been thinking about and has come up in every every conversation we've had. Really, I think around um, questions of intelligibility and the, and the possibility of escape and the possibility of you know um, th thresholds um, be beyond which the logic of these mach machines and devices and sort of extractive systems um, ca ca can't function. And, and um, we've been thinking about it a lot in, in in relation to machine listening specifically. And you know, one of the um, names we've given to that sort of line of thought is the le lessons in how not to be heard which um some of the different people who are sort of participating in the project have interpreted sort of as tactics or, or strategies for kind of um, communicating in ways that 
say, you know, listening machines would, which would be unintelligible. So a kind of completely an analogous to the kind of um, practices that would be unser- un sort of searchable but by a Google engine, you know, at the same time ha- have had other people kind of um, come back and say, well, some of those individual practices of evasion are a bit sort of, um, you know, they're sort of not structurally or politically kind of um, I- impactful enough. They're, they're just so- sort of, <laughs> you know, ways of cre- creatively... <laughs> evading capture temp- temporarily or tr- or training the system to you know um decode ever more complex material but in any case i think it's um what i really took from from the the other document which which you sh- you showed us the um new extractivism which is really amazing i'm really sort of thankful to see that work in progress was <laughs> this uh that there is a desire to escape, you know, however impossible or, or sort of temporary that escape might be, you know, the black mm-hmm. hole is there, but the little guy is like try, still trying to get out of it. We should let you go, and I'm. I think it's it's been a great conversation. This recording was produced by Mara Schwitt-Vega for Liquid Architecture on the land of the Boon Wurrung and Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this land and recognize that sovereignty has never been ceded. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Liquid Architecture is an Australian organization for artists working with sound and listening. To learn more head to liquidarchitecture.org.au